want to welcome you if you have downloaded this as a podcast. Let's talk about fasting. And the congregation reply, oh, let's not. <laughs> Let me tell you that um, after I finish talking at great length about fasting, we are all going to go and have some cake. I remember at college uh, hearing just one hour's seminar on the topic of fasting. It was done just before lunch. And I remember by the time we got nearly the end of that session, uh, the students, we just wanted to start eating our Bibles. I mean, we were getting so hungry just at the thought of fasting. So I want to tell you that um, probably in the next 40 minutes, uh, you're going to start getting pretty hungry. And this is not a sign from the Lord that you should not fast. It's just your body having some fun with you. Matthew chapter 6, and picking up in verse 16, we're going to uh, do a little bit of Bible reading today, okay? So uh, I might turn you to a few more pages in the Bible than I would normally do. But Matthew 6, 16 says this, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. What I want to do in just a very short amount of time this morning is just touch briefly uh, on the topic of fasting. Fasting is a is a Bible study topic, isn't it? It's something that we need to take hours over probably, at least two hours. So this, please consider this an introduction really to the topic uh, rather, than the, rather than everything. But I hope it will be a good introduction to it. Fasting, of course, occurred all throughout the, it occurred all throughout the Old Testament. Very interesting, in the Old Testament, people fasted for all sorts of reasons. They fasted when they were sad. They fasted when they were, like, grieving. Uh, they fasted when they wanted to show repentance for their sins. Uh, and they fasted as an aid to prayer. So we're more familiar with the third one, I know. But the, the, the fasting was kind of part of Old Testament life. Uh, I guess if we had someone draw an artist impression of someone from the Old Testament, they should never be fat, you know, because they were always fasting and uh, they were always feasting as well. I, perhaps that ought to be said too. And in the Old Testament, there are more feasts than there are fasts. So, and that's true in the Bible generally. So it's kind of biblical to feast, as we'll do in about 40 minutes' time. Uh, but throughout the Old Testament, people fasted. Nehemiah fasted. He was so sorry, you know, about Jerusalem and David fasted when he lost his son. People fasted. That meant they abstained from food. In the New Testament, fasting continues. So it's not like fasting was kind of like 
part of the law, you know, all the ceremonial stuff, fasting continued. Which means that it's supposed to be continuing for today as well. It's part of our life today. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, Jesus fasts uh, in the desert. You know, he goes into the desert to pray, to seek God and be tempted. And he's fasting while that's happening. And in Acts 13, uh, the apostles want to set apart Barnabas and Saul to go and preach. And so they fast as they make their selection, make their choice and pray for them. And this is picked up in the next chapter when Paul and Barnabas plant churches. They want to appoint elders and they fast before they appoint them. So it kind of happens, uh, Old Testament and New Testament. It was normal for Christians to fast. Can you say with me, normal? It was normal. Uh, Today it's not so normal. But in the New Testament, it was normal. Now, if you still have your Bible open at Matthew 6, let me just show you something very quickly here. Look at verse 5, where Jesus said, no, no, look at verse 2. Verse 2, Matthew 6, verse 2. Jesus says this, when you give, when you give to the needy, so when you do it, uh, it's not an if, it's not if you give, when you give, when you give. And he goes on to say, don't make a big song and dance about it, don't make an announcement about it. When you give, verse 5, when you pray, not if you pray, when you pray, And here comes the killer blow, everyone. You know what it's going to say, don't you, in verse 16? When you fast. So, the Christian disciplines are kind of laid out there. When you give, not if, when. When you pray, not if, but when. And when you fast. So, it was normal for New Testament Christians to fast just the same as it was normal for them to give or to pray. So uh, the reason I'm saying this is because fasting has somehow been kind of sidened off to like the super Christians, the people who just don't like food. You know, they, they love not eating all day and that, they should do that, but I'll do this, you know, that, that kind of thing. But it's supposed to be normal, supposed to be normal. I remember when I was uh, 18 and came to Christ, the guy who was leading me to Christ, we might say discipling me, mentoring me, whatever you want to call it, he invited me to his home and we had good talks there, you know. And I remember him telling me, amongst a whole load of things, that I should fast at least one day a week. Now, I want to tell you, I didn't do that. But I, I, remember, I remember the first conversation he had with me included fasting one day. He said, in fact, let me quote it, he said, at least, I thought, give me a break. At least, at least, you're having a laugh. It's enough for me to become a Christian, never mind giving up my Twixes. What's going on here? But he said you should fast, at le- he said, at least, at least. Now, you know, I dutifully disobeyed those instructions. But, but what he was doing for me right from the beginning in fact, he told me a whole lot of things. No more sex. He goes, I mean, I, I wish I had a recording of it. I, it would, 
the, the YouTube hits would be enormous, I tell you. The stuff he told me. But the, uh, it, it, it was kind of normal. It was normal. And it is supposed to be normal. Now, let's just take one visit to the Old Testament today to look at one f- set of verses that maybe encapsulates fasting. There are many verses, of course. So we're going to look at the book of Ezra. And you shouldn't be afraid to go to your contents page to do that. <laughs> um, we're going to go to the book of Ezra and just look at one verse speaking, uh, or one or two verses, about this topic that kind of helped me to uh, give it a sort of a summary, for want of a better term. Ezra chapter 8 and verse 21, Ezra says this, There by the Ahava Canal, I proclaimed a fast. So, he says, that we might humble ourselves before our God and ask him for a safe journey for us and our children. So he says to them, this is why I called for the people to fast. Two reasons. Prayer was not the first one. Prayer was the second one. The first was that the people might humble themselves. And we'll kind of come on to this. But the process in the Old Testament for fasting, the purpose was for humility and also as an aid to prayer. Now, um, I want to revisit Matthew 6 and uh, 16 to 18 where we started and let's look at the three components. If you were going to go on a fast, what are the three components that make it a fast? That make it a fast. Let me give you an example. Number one, it should be Something that you do spiritually. Fasting is a spiritual act. One of the dangers of fasting is that we think to ourselves, this is going to be a fabulous way to get back in those genes. This is going to be a tremendous way to lose weight. By the way, if you think that, you're wrong. Long term anyway. But, but the purpose of a fast, if I were going to put it in, in a simple way, is to actually tell the body who is boss uh, of your body. Really, the the problem with humanity is that it responds all the time with its body. So people do things because their body tells them to. Uh, people commit adultery because their body tells them to. People uh, uh, go wild or, or engage in, in acts of sin because their body, it's often to do with the physical things, their body tells them to do it. Then there's the mind, and then there's the spirit. Really, one of the purposes of Christian uh, transformation is to put the spirit that's in you, I don't mean the Holy Spirit now, I'm talking about your spirit, 
to make your spirit in charge of your life and not your body. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have a spirit. You don't, uh, you're not a body that has a spirit. You are a spirit that has a body. So the, one of the goals of Christianity is actually to put your spirit in charge instead of your flesh. Of course, your spirit renewed to the word of God. Fasting should be a spiritual act. So, just to get some, uh, just to get you know practical for a minute. If you fasting but not praying, then you're not really fasting. For example, if you forsake food but you don't touch God in it, then welcome to some sort of charismatic diet that you just went on where you didn't eat nothing. But if you didn't pray, then it wasn't a biblical fast. It might have been a weight loss. It might have been a fast in your mind. But it wasn't a biblical fast. When the people fasted, it was to get close to God. One of the errors, I think, that people make about fasting is they think that the purpose of fasting is to move God towards them. And actually, the purpose of fasting is to move us towards God. Because God hasn't gone anywhere. He's always near to those who call upon Him. People think that if you fast, uh, this is a way to sort of... You know, have you ever written an email and, uh, or a document? And as part of that document... There's something in it that you want people to notice. So you take your bold, uh, you know, thing and you, and you embolden it. Or if you are writing it, you would underline it perhaps. But in the modern day, we, we put things in bold or capital letters. And one of the bizarre things is that Christians think that if they fast, they put their prayers in bold print to God. You know, he notices them more than he notices the other. Well, it's not true. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. God hears all our cry, but fasting helps us. It doesn't help God to hear us. It doesn't help God to answer. Fasting does not help God to answer us. Fasting helps us to go and be with God. Whether that means because we're forsaking the, um, the, the time... Uh, uh, that we would normally give to eating, and that varies from person to person, of course. Uh, whether, you know, however you make it work, fasting does not move mountains. Fasting moves you to the mountain of God. So it must be spiritual. It must be spiritual. If you're going to fast, then you ought to pray with it. If you don't pray with it, uh, Welcome to your new diet, really. That's kind of pretty much what it is. The second thing is that it must be sacrificial. Now, uh, at the risk of causing offense, I've heard people talk about, well, I'm fasting, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to fast TV or something like that. Uh, I'm going to fast TV. So in this period of time, I'm going to fast Coronation Street or something like that. I'm going to, I'm going to fast it. I'm going to record it and catch up at the weekend. But I'm, I'm not going to see it in the week or something like that. Or I'm going to fast uh, computer games. I'm going to fast chocolate. You know, I, I'm fasting meat or something like this. 
Now, to be fair, there was a fast that went on in the book of Daniel where they, the, the young lads abstained from certain foods and ate others. I like the sound of that kind of fast. But, so it did sort of happen. But, but I don't know too many people. The reason I'm saying this, from this passage here, Jesus said, when you fast, do not look somber. And he goes on to say in verse 17, when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. Now, so that it's not obvious. Watch this. What Jesus is saying is this, that when you fast, you must disguise the fact that you are fasting. And I want to tell you this, if you have to disguise the fact that you're not watching TV, you need to fast. <laughs> if you need to, like, oh, I've, I've not watched Home and Away all week. I must try to make it look as though I have been watching it. Or something. I haven't had any chocolate. I'm going to try and look like I have had it. No, no. It's, of course, it's ridiculous. So whatever you do in your fast must be a sacrifice to the point where, to a certain degree, you are uh, slightly under par, you know, to to use a phrase from yesterday, that you are slightly um, in need of disguising the fact that you are having a sacrifice. So by that... People ask questions like, well, if we fast, you know, uh, 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 does that mean we uh, fast all day? Uh, Does that mean we don't, we just have water? You know, all these sorts of questions come out. Can I have coffee and, you know, all those sorts of things? Or, you know, can I put sugar? You know, is that food and all this? But really, really, without trying to create some sort of set of Ten Commandments, you know, White sugar, yes. Brown sugar, no. You know, without all that kind of thing, you know. Uh, uh, carrot juice, yes. Carrot soup, no. We can actually cut through all this in one, you know, one sweep. By just saying this, that when you fast, it must be a sacrifice that you have to disguise. If you are disguising your sacrifice then you're doing it right. Do you follow that? Rather than you can have this, you can't have that. So for some people, I remember years ago, I led a fast in a, in a church where I was pastoring down in Paynton. I led a fast. And I told the people, okay, guys, we're all going to fast. And we were going to fast for seven days. And I told them, this is the rules, no coffee. Now, you know, for some of them, coffee, you know. <laughs> Who cares about food? Just give us some coffee, man. You know, that's where some of them were at. I said, no coffee. And one poor girl called Melanie, I remember. One poor girl. She just couldn't do it. And she was in, she really struggled. She was a very thin girl. Really struggled, you know, with it. And it got to the point where she needed to take something to drink in order to continue fasting. Do you follow that? She had to take something in order to continue fasting. And, and because I'd said some big rule, no coffee, don't have coffee, just water or juice or something like this. Because of that, it actually 
uh, destroyed her fast. It didn't help her to fast. So, without creating a list of, you know, what you should have and what you shouldn't have, and let's just understand that it must be spiritual and it must be sacrificial. And a sacrifice to you might be different to a sacrifice to me. But it must be a significant sacrifice. The third thing it must be is secret. He says, when you're fasting, don't tell everybody. Don't go around telling everybody to impress them. And I just want to bring that thought out because that's really what he's saying. A friend and I, down in Torquay, Steve, big Steve and I, we used to fast together a lot. And uh, in that time, big Steve, people would say to him, can you come for dinner tonight? And he was fasting. So he thinks, what do I do? What do I tell them? Because if I tell them I'm fasting, then I've undone five days of starving myself to death. So he used to come up with an, oh, no, I'm sorry, I can't come. Uh, 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 I'm going to Wigan. Yeah. And he would lie. He did it all the time. I'd go and see him. I'd say, how are you doing on your fast, Steve? He said, oh, I'm doing fine, Brother Peter. Oh, I'm doing fine. He said, uh, I was asked to a birthday party the other day, but, but, but I told them. I told them. Uh, I'm off to Brighton for the weekend. I said, Steve, you're not off to Brighton. I know, but I couldn't tell him I was fasting. Well, of course he could have. The issue is not whether it's top secret. The issue is that we don't use it to bolster our pride. And in fact, one of the reasons today, let me just be honest with you, one of the reasons today why fasting is not hugely practiced is because there aren't any models. No one is getting up and saying, this is how I do it. And the reason they're not getting up and saying, this is how I do it, is because they're so concerned about keeping it secret that in fact there's no one to, uh, there's no one to teach the subject. You follow what I mean? So it should be secret. It's not something that you want to go around and tell everyone about. But at the same time, it's not supposed to be you know, the official secret act, and I'll I'll tell you what I'm doing on Saturday, but I'll need to tell you in 30 years' time when I'm allowed. Nonsense like this. So fasting, spiritual, should be spiritual. It should be a time that helps you to go to God. It doesn't bring God to you. It doesn't bring God to you. It should be sacrificial, whatever that means for you. And can I just say, for the vast majority of people, that means no food. That's what that means. That, that's what that means. It doesn't mean fasting soap operas or, you know, fasting certain drinks or whatever. It, it means no food. Jesus, Matthew 4, verses 1 and 2, fasted 40 days. And the verse says, the next verse says, after that, he was hungry. It doesn't say after that, after the 40 days, he sat on the rock thinking, I want to know what's going on in Walford. It said after that, he was hungry. But can I just throw something out? It didn't say he was thirsty, folks. 
doesn't say he was thirsty. It says he was hungry. It doesn't say he was thirsty. It says he was hungry. If he wasn't thirsty, we might suggest that he was drinking all that time. Nothing wrong with that. It should be spiritual, sacrificial. It should be secret. And it really should be normal as well. It should be normal. If normal began with the word S, it would be on the screen. But it should be normal. Fasting for a Christian, for a genuine disciple of Jesus, it, it shouldn't be the big red button that, you know, we, you know, like in a movie, there's a button, you know, this, press this, the last, this is the last resort, press this button. You know, if all else fails, Agent 7, run in here, hit this button. And they'll, they'll, you know, the warehouse is going to explode. It's the final result, you know, the final result. Um, uh, what's the word I'm after? The last resort. It's the last resort. Now, for a genuine New Testament Christian, it's not the last resort. It should be normal. It should be something that we just do. In order, not to get our prayers answered, but in order to just be close to God. Because by denying the flesh, you magnify the spirit which helps you to touch God. Okay. I'm going to come to one or two uh, uh, practical points, but here are the rewards, you see. Jesus said in Matthew 6, my father will reward you. He sees what's done in secret and he will reward you. He sees what is done when you give in secret, and he'll reward you. He sees when you give to the needy, he'll reward you. He sees when you pray, he'll reward you. And he sees when you fast, and he will reward you. Just an anecdote of mine would be that I have found, as with all spiritual disciplines, that the Father rewards us for sure but he does not reward us that day when Jesus fasted in the desert for 40 days after he had fasted after he went back into Galilee in the power of the spirit so the reward for his fasting came later it didn't come then and there in front of him. That's why fasting isn't the big red button. If you got to the point where fasting's the big red button, you've gone too far and you, you need to really rethink how you work your life. In, 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 you know, f- from now on, you can't change the past, but you need to reorder how you kind of do your Christianity. So it wasn't the big red button, it was, it was normal. It was normal. And therefore, we receive a normal reward, but it may be that it will come much later. I consider that some of the things that God has done for me, through me, uh, in recent times or years, really has its source in times of seeking God and fasting and prayer, maybe years back, that come to fruition in their appropriate time. And there's a corporate reward. My people who are called by my name will humble themselves. What do you think humbling 
yourselves means. It means fasting, I suspect, and pray and seek my face. Then I will hear from heaven. I will heal your land. So there are rewards for people who fast that aren't anything to do with the scales, not anything to do with being able to walk a bit quicker in the street or put that you know, dress on again. I'm thinking particularly there of the ladies rather than the men. But the, the rewards are from the Father. And they are the rewards that he chooses to give us. They are the rewards that he chooses to give us. Sometimes not what we prayed about at all. <laughs> okay. Um, let's just uh, finish with these questions that may uh, just spark some ideas in us about how we practically go about fasting. Let's say you, you make a decision today, this week, okay, I need to put fasting back into my diet, if you'll forgive the phrase. I need to start having this discipline again. If you didn't have the discipline of giving, you should have that. If you don't have the discipline of praying, you should have that. If you don't have the discipline of fasting, you should have that. So let's imagine you say, okay, you know, I'm thinking about this, and I'm going to put some fasting back into my life. Here are some questions that I thought about, sat at, the, sat at the computer this week, that might be useful for us to think about. Number one, how long should we fast for? How long should we do it for? Well, a burning question would be, how long, how long do you want to do it for? Uh, how much close to God do you want to be? I, I, I mean, that, I guess, is the bottom line of it. You can't fast forever because you've got a wedding to go to in November, haven't you? So you can't go on forever. So, but part of that is really just down to you. If you've never fasted before then probably deciding that, okay, from now I'm going to fast for 40 days. It's probably not a good move on your part if you've never done it before. And it's, it's a discipline. Uh, it's like a, obviously, it's, in a sense, it is a physical act. And uh, the more you do it, the more you feel able to do it. And, and your body starts to get used to it and all those sorts of things. So if you've never fasted before, then uh, you might want to try, you know, fasting for a day. Do a 24 hours and see what happens to you. Uh, you will begin to notice how much people eat. Uh, if you've been fasting all day and someone will come in and they'll go, ooh, I'm starving. And you'll think, yeah, but you ate at half past one. What are you talking about? How can you be starving, you ugly thing? What's going on here? You do, you are going to, once you start fasting, every time someone eats, you're going to notice it. Uh, you'll see people eating pasties in the street. They won't even be there. You'll just be hallucinating it. <laughs> but you start to notice everyone eating, you know. So, uh, so if you want to fast, if you've never done it before, why don't you fast for a day? The goal is not to do with food. The goal is to do with God. And so, uh, you know, coming on to, am I able to do it? Some people, like that poor girl that I subjected to a fast in Painton, she was just not capable of the kind of fast that I was doing that I was trying to, like, put on her. So, if, please understand, the goal of fasting is not to 
eat nothing. The goal is to get close to God. So if you are fasting and you are struggling, the answer may not be to come off the fast. Where's that, you know, where's that sandwich? The answer will be to increase your intake that allows you to keep going with the fast. Do you follow? And it's not like, oh, I've broken the law now. I've, you know, I've had a coffee. It's not about that. It's about being close to God. So some people, uh, I mean, uh, you, if people are pregnant or they're ill or they have, you know, there are all sorts of reasons why people should keep eating food. And uh, uh, if you're in any doubt, of course, you should see your GP. You should see your doctor. Don't just go ahead and do it. If you're in any doubt about it, uh, then you should, you should see a doctor or see someone who has some medical knowledge to, to advise you. So how long am I able? What kind of fast is it going to be? Is it going to be a water fast? Which uh, I mean, One of the effects of fasting for people who are addicted to caffeine, which is many, many people, probably including me. I'm not a big coffee drinker, but I have about three or four cups a week, which is quite low, isn't it? But I have Coke as well and things like this. So one of the things that happens is when you stop taking in all this junk into your body, you start to to detox and so uh, when I led this fast in painting, people came to me and said, I'd love to fast, but I've got this terrible headache. The fasting is giving me a headache. Well, that was half true. It wasn't the fast that was giving them the headache. It wasn't the, de- the devil. He's giving me a headache. No, 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 no. The Nescafe has given you a headache. It wants you. The Nescafe or the Maxwell House or the coffee, it's shouting at you, drink me. And you're not, you know, because you are addicted to it. And when you come off it, you suffer for it, see. So if you are going to do a water fast and you're a heavy coffee drinker, then, of course, you should spend a few days on the decaf, on the red lid rubbish, and, and, and begin to wean yourself off. If I'm going to go on a fast, quite often uh, what, I, or what I've certainly done once in the past is I started to reduce eating the week before I was going to fast. So I started to eat one meal a day just to get my body kind of ready for what was about to happen. Kind of, you know, give it a bit of advance warning, so to speak. So there's all these factors to, con- to consider. What, what kind of fast is it going to be? If you've never fasted before, don't, I wouldn't go for just a water fast. I wouldn't do that. I would go for an all drinks fast. That's my advice to you if you've never done it before. And because the purpose of it is to get close to God. It's not really about the eating and the drinking. When is a good time? That's a good question. Because there is such a thing as a good time to fast and a bad time to fast. Sometimes, uh, or just uh, recently, Jane and I, we, like, we go through the diary and we try to fast um, together sometimes and particularly in like recent times. And uh, so we like go through the diary and see, okay, when are we not going to Uncle, Uncle Bertie's party, you know, and when are we, you know, you know blah, blah, blah. And you t- I haven't really got an Uncle Bertie, it's just in my mind. But, um, uh, but you know, when, when is a good time? When can we sort of do this? And uh, so it's kind of, you know, like planned in. 
I don't have a physical type of job. I have a more of a desk job, driving job, standing up, talking job. But some people, tomorrow morning, they're going to be digging out coal from a pit or, you know, they're going to be doing very, very physical work. It's going to be very difficult for them to have the same kind of fast that, that I might have just kind of sitting at a desk. So if you know that you're going to be, in other words, you're trying to preempt the fast failing or, or not working out. You're trying to plan it so that you can do it when you haven't got a lot of activity or when you're not doing a lot of socializing, etc. So you want to plan it if you can. What is my true motive? Not to lose weight. Not to lose weight. Because, of course, uh, that's not what it's about. And as many of you will know, that the more you fast, the more your body starts to think, hey, up, there's not a lot of grub coming down through here. So the next meal that comes down, we will turn that immediately into fat and it stores. So after you've finished fasting, as soon as you start eating, I mean, it's a bit like a very unfair game show. It's double money uh, after the break. What starts to happen is the body starts to store as much food as possible. And uh, you're standing there on the scales going, my goodness, I've lost four pounds. And then you go out and you have something to eat. The next day you get them and now you're five pounds up where you were before. You think, these scales are broken. What's going on here? But what happens is people are, uh, the, the, the body will start to store it very, very quickly. So I just want to give you that little. I, I never thought in my wildest dreams that I would ever be giving anyone dietary tips. But anyway, there you are. Uh, but but that, that's true. So it doesn't, that doesn't really work. But aside from that, obviously, it's a terrible motive to have. Just call it a diet. Don't. Don't call it a fast. Call it a diet then. If you're going to not eat to lose weight, call it that. Don't call it a fast. You don't have anyone in the Bible really doing that. And finally here, how am I going to stop it? How am I going to stop it? Very interesting one, this. I remember uh, many years ago, I fasted 21 days, and uh, it finished on a Sunday. And on the Monday night, there was a girl in the church. And she said, it's my birthday party, um, you know, tomorrow or something. And we're all going to this restaurant. Would you like to come? And I looked and I thought, oh, I'd have finished fasting by then. Glory must be God's will. And um, I saw that like the restaurant were doing a promotion. So then I knew it was God's will. So I go down there and I start eating. And you know, I started, and you know, it's like you're, like you're waiting for the explosion to happen. You know, is anything going to happen? So you start eating, and it's all fine because it's tasteless. If you ever do fast, you'll know that your, um, your taste buds close down and need to be reawakened later. So I'm sitting there eating really expensive food, and I can't taste nothing of it. I thought, what a way, I should have gone to McDonald's really with this. This is a joke. But, uh, but I'm sitting there eating, and there's this great steak arrives. So I'm there, you know soaring it up and sh- shoving it in and I thought oh, I wish I could taste this but, and I was sitting there just trying to be a social pastor at this girl's birthday party you know and, um, and I, went, I went home I thought you know I, I'm fine and the following day I woke up I felt a bit full but I was fine and then and then 
the day after. Dot, dot, dot. I nearly killed myself. I can't give you the details. But all of a sudden, all the bits in the body, you see, that we're used to like, you know, trying to deal with all the grub coming in, they all shut down. It's like the, the body shuts down, you see. And they, all, the, all the digestive, or whatever, oh, no, I'm not medical, but you know, it all shuts down and they all go on holiday for a bit. And suddenly a steak, steak and chips arrives. And there's no one there to deal with it. They're all on holiday. Boy, oh boy. Don't you women, don't you tell me there isn't a man who knows what it's like to have a baby. Don't you tell me that. Don't you tell me that. I do. God. So you've got to think, so what I'm saying, you've got to plan all that too. You've got to plan all that as well. It's a bit of an operation. And there are side effects to fasting. You think the side effect is you're hungry. Well, you are hungry for a day or two. But the other side effects are, are much more interesting side effects. Your body isn't used to not eating. It does strange things. You get strange pains or, uh, you know, it's, some things are difficult. Just, you know, things sometimes don't work so good. And uh, so I want to I tell you as well, that as, as well as preparing to do it, you also have to prepare to, to come out of it as well. Okay. Well, I think I've probably said enough for today on that. Did you get something out of that today? I just want to, uh, I know we're all starving now and needing cake. But I want to encourage you to Put fasting back on your plate, you know. And uh, to begin to think about whether this should be a regular, it doesn't have to be a weekly thing, of course, but a regular discipline that you should have. Don't fall for the nonsense that this is for the super people over here, you know. The people who just don't, they just, they don't like food. That's for them. No, no. In fact, God has called you to be involved in it. And whether you go, you know, whether you make it a huge part of your life, or whether you just put it as part of the, just part of the discipline of your life, there may, I just want you to think about it. Because it won't move the mountain. It won't move the mountain. But it will move you to God. Jesus came a long way to help us move to God. In a few weeks' time, I think it would be good for us as a church maybe to have some nights where we're going to come and pray together. And at that time, it might be that we might want to do a bit of what I did many years ago and just kind of try and, in a very informal way, lead a a group of us in fasting and prayer at that time. 
I'm talking about in maybe a few weeks' time. I'm not talking about now. Sometime in July, perhaps. And we'll meet together and, and pray. And But what I want to do this time is I want to un- not make the mistakes I made last time. And uh, if you are interested, I'll say no more than this. It's, we're not going to have an appeal where we all run out the front, agree to fast, and then troop in there and have cake. Something, something a bit strange about that. But if you'd be interested in just being part of that, of that group of people who would just want to come in and, and maybe try some fasting in your life, just, I'll just tell you, um, email me or, or speak to me, but just email me, then, I've, then it'll be on my screen and, and we can we'll just talk about it and just see, uh, just share some ideas together and look after one another in the doing of it. That poor girl should never have been going, oh, I can't have coffee. Really, I should have supervised it much better. I failed to do that. And uh, so if you're interested in learning more and being engaging with fasting a bit more for the purpose of drawing close to God, then just email me about it, contact me about it, and we can perhaps share some ideas together when we meet together in uh, July. Amen. Amen. I'm hungry now. I'm hungry now. Why don't we all stand up?